I'm Adam Crofts, and this is the Better Begins Here podcast. The podcast for people who are striving to be the best version of themselves, whether that's in life, work, or fitness. Prevail is smartwear, sports clothes that ensure you'll progress with your health and fitness. It's clothing with the technology invisibly built into it. It connects to an app so you can track your training stats. We saw an opportunity here because we were all frustrated with the wearable technology that's out there right now, alongside the lack of any real innovation within clothing. We knew we could do better. So we brought together an incredible team to create clothing with a purpose. Beautiful clothing that would see all old athleisure brands pretty much made redundant. Clothing that integrates cutting edge technology to provide you with the insights, guidance, and real education on how to improve your physical and mental well-being. So far on this podcast, you've heard from athletes who are performing right at the pinnacle of their careers. But for this episode, I wanted to introduce you to a couple of members of the Prevail team who are also working at their peak to bring you this beautiful collision of fashion and technology. So in this special episode recorded at Prevail headquarters, I sat down with Martin Ashby, the Innovations Director for Prevail, and MJ, who's our Director of Electronics, so they can tell you how it all works. Welcome to Better Begins Here. We thought this would be a great opportunity to slightly educate people a little bit more about our smartware and what we're doing with our technology, who we're pushing it to, and the capabilities of Prevail, I suppose. So Martin, we'll start with you, Head of Innovation. What does that mean? A little bit about your background and about your team at Prevail. I guess Head of Innovation really is, I get to play all day, but I can't say that out loud, can I? Um, But background, uh, I'm a product person really at heart. Started off in garments, in sportswear branding in Dumbro. And then I decided I'd had enough. It was about time to do something I enjoyed and get off the corporate ladder and uh, work in startups. So I've been, uh, I've been in wearable tech. Actually, I'm a bit of an old man for it, really, aren't I? I've been in wearable tech since 2013, but with Prevail for two years. But I have been making wearable tech in garments for, gosh, eight years now. And I've been making beautiful wearable tech in garment for the last two years, which I can genuinely say I'm proud of. So tell us a bit more about your, your team uh, prevail i work with really clever people so i get to work with garment designers and knitting experts i get to work with mj uh, i have to say that's a real treat don't understand most of the stuff that comes out of his mouth but Neither he does make me laugh little known fact he used to organize club nights though i think we ought to pursue that at some stage yeah he's a bit of a superhero so i get to work with the electronics team I get to work with some real data geeks in software who can write code I don't understand, which is, again, quite confusing. I'm starting to make myself look really stupid. And I work with some insight experts. They know an awful lot about things we're going to talk about later, so let's not disclose it all just yet. Amazing. So I get to work with clever people, and we play all day and invent stuff, and they're pretty damn impressive, I've got to say. And MJ, a little bit on your background, MJ, your role at Prevail? So, I mean, originally I'm a plasma physicist by background. A what, what? Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm not even sure what that is either. <laughs> Plasma physicists, how does that translate to wearable? Not a great deal, but the one thing I'm pretty okay at is sort of taking research and actually bringing it in sort of mass manufacture, which sort of lends itself quite well here with what we're doing with all the innovation, because we're not sort of just taking another wearable and, and building upon it. It's okay, this is all quite new stuff. But yeah, anything sort of physical, anything that has a voltage running through it usually comes through my hands at some point or another. Yeah, we've got a great team here that's that's building something really quite nice and special. Tell us a bit about the guys in your team. We've got a number of people ranging from sort of test engineers, sensor engineers, a good number of DSP engineers, which I may chat about maybe later, depending on. 
mechanical engineers, industrial designer, and a whole bunch of sort of firmware experts that are able to, as a combination in conjunction with sort of electronic design engineers, is able to take a sketch on a piece of paper all the way through to a finished product. And that's all done in-house, which I think in this day and age is quite rare. And it's something that we're really quite pleased with. We're able to keep that know-how in-house. It's a good point you made there. And it's been a, an amazing value of the business, but a challenge at the same time, moving through a startup, the fact you say that hardware team has to work in tandem with a design team, with a garment team, with a software team. And we went through the process of trying to tell investors, are you a hardware company, a software company, a garment company? But the reality was we needed to be all of them. And it's what we are now. And I think obviously that's why we've managed to create what we have with all these teams working together. And obviously great, you two, great job. And we're doing what no one else in the world has done before, right? No one's ever managed to create a solution like this in clothing that's managed to scale to the mass consumer market. And when we first got together around the table, we looked at, at how we could solve those problems. And the fact now, two and a half years later, we're about to deliver to the world. Our smartware, our clothing, our solution is incredibly exciting for me. And I think that's what's driving me and us. And I mean, for me, it sounds a bit trite, this, but for me, I think, Adam, you'll remember, I'd stood up a very first monthly update and did a little bit of a speech about... In fact, we're all really concerned about the environment. We put cardboard in the cardboard recycling. We put glass in the glass recycling. We put food in the food recycling. And we understand the impact that we have on the environment. And hardly anybody knows about the impact their body's having on them. People overcomplicate everything. They make it mysterious. They make it scary, really, almost to the point where people don't want to find out. I'm driven, really, to find ways to communicate to people about how their body is responding to situations, whether that's a normal response or an unusual response, what they could do to moderate the response, to gain more from the situation, to understand more about how their body works. So people have a right to know about how their body's behaving, but at the moment, there's no easy way for them to do it. We give them great clothing to wear, given an amazing app with the greatest respect to MJ. We've got this almost invisible bit of electronics, which is just disappears into the garment because actually it's all about the garment and all about the insight that we we give them and it that's what motivates me really giving people information about themselves so they can feel empowered understand how the body's working yeah i agree mj yes i think for me you know it's that vision of having the connected wardrobe and making you know making the connected wardrobe easy to wear and easy to understand we did spend quite a bit of time looking at the at the competition and there's two main things that come out of it you know, in terms of their electronics, I'm not going not to criticise anybody, but they're fantastic. You know, they're all very good at what they do. But the concern that we had was that those same individuals that designed those electronics went and designed the respective garment. You sort of end up looking a bit like a Doctor Who villain from the 1970s. You know, very clunky, very awkward. Or whenever you look at their phone apps or their insight, it's a number of graphs. And unfortunately, I'm not a you know, a thousand kilometre ultra runner here like Martin. So I don't really know what those graphs actually mean. And so it takes quite a lot of extra research to sort of go, right, what is it I'm doing here? And that's sort of the two main problems that prevail, sort of solving where, yes, it's it's clothing that, that you want to wear. You know, you're more than happy wearing, not only in the gym, but also out, out and about. And then it's insight that's tailored to you, that's personalised to you, that's, that's unique and, and makes sense, you know, not only for the fact that it's powering athletes, but also for you know for the everyday consumer to go yeah i understand this and i think that vision is quite clear and makes a tremendous amount of sense because arguably it's one of the it's one of the main drivers that's allowed 
certainly for myself to build out you know the hardware team because all of those guys are, are sold by that i always feel that that's quite a good selling point whenever the vision transfers down to all employees rather than just the paycheck they're all on the front line of it right so everyone internally is testing day in day out which is which is cool to see as well So Martin, what's special around our clothing? It's sportswear predominantly. What's the smart piece of our smartwear? What, what's inside the clothing? The smartest thing about our clothing is it is completely normal clothing. I mean, that, that's kind of a strange thing to say, right? But if you want to buy any other smartwear that looks like ours, um, you've got to look like Tony Stark, or as MJ said, a 1970s Doctor Who villain, and, and you will look like you have a problem. Whereas with ours, you will go to the gym uh, and nobody will know you're wearing this clothing. They'll love the design. They'll love the technical features of the garment. Uh, and you will have to tell them that it's special. But you'll feel really smug about that because with, this, with the fabric electrodes that are in there, we can pick up pretty much everything that's going on in your body and tell you some amazing things. But you feel really empowered, like you're in charge of yourself. But you won't look like it. It'll look like you're just wearing normal everyday clothes and... That, to me, is what's the most remarkable thing with our clothing. It's normality. So knitted electrodes. Tell us a little, about, a little bit about the knitted electrodes. How do it, they work? How do we get them actually into the clothing? Yeah. It, it does sound a little bit like something your nana would do, doesn't it? And I think one of the challenges that we've faced is uh, knitting's a pretty old technology. It's been around for hundreds of years. There's also a great deal of research in it. The knitting that we do is super clever, right? But the main thing is it's just yarn. It's a, it's a fabric yarn. So normally you would go out there and to gather the data that we gather, people would be wearing metal or hard rubber electrodes. There'd be literally be wires in the garment that go to a connecting area where there's press studs. So you, you've got to click this thing onto your body. We've got these really soft handle knit electrodes that you would never tell could conduct electricity. You won't even notice that they're on your body. You can't even see them from the outside of the garment when you've got it on. And all they do is sit either side of your heart, go to a, a little pocket that is pretty much invisible that you slide the tiniest bit of electronics into on the market. You would literally not know it's there. And these fabric electrodes touch the bit of electronics and then the magic happens in the... Uh, in the sensor and i'd love to tell you i understood what it was but uh, I, I don't and you're probably best going to mj for that one yeah. yeah super cool who were the people that you had to work with like who was key in the team to help bring this together you'd think with knitting it's going to be garment people but actually it was everybody in the team so mj had some predefined requirements that he had to have to be able to give us the best data that he could possibly give us the most accurate data he could give us so we had to work really closely with MJ to understand that interface between the sensor and the electrodes in the pocket. We had to work really closely with the people who work in the testing lab because they understood how the body moved in sport and how aggressive the movements are. And we had to make sure that, that sensor and those electrodes stayed absolutely stationary on the body. And yet they didn't look as though they were there and they didn't feel as though they were there to the user. And we had to work with the design team because they had the impossible task of basically getting two electrodes into a garment so it didn't look like they were there. Those electrodes weren't allowed to move. The sensor couldn't move in the pocket, but the garment still had to look beautiful. It still had to look completely normal. And it was quite clear to any wearer that they weren't being asked to wear something that was going to make them look stupid. So it pretty much involved the whole team and a stoic refusal to believe that it couldn't be done. 
every day we test, we're trying to break it, give MJ a headache, give the garment team a headache. And MJ, um, obviously you, your team, obviously responsible for our sensor technology, which we're all super, super proud of. Can you tell us a little bit more about the sensor, what we were striving to achieve with our version one, and tell us a bit more about the functionality. And obviously we can dig into, dig into the whys and what we do with all the information on the back of that. One of the main challenges that we sort of had was, as you mentioned, the sort of list of non-negotiables. We wanted incredibly long battery life. We wanted higher quality data than anything else in the market and also something that's designed to disappear into the garment so you don't even know that you're wearing it. You know, each one of those is, would be a fantastic thing to achieve on its own. But the guys had a huge challenge in being able to do all of that while still being small and discreet. Usually small and long battery life don't really go hand in hand. So there was a huge challenge in being able to optimize not only all the various sort of peripherals that are on the sensor, but really sort of extending out that battery life to what we had wanted. Our sensor is you know, incredibly small, incredibly tiny, and as I mentioned, designed to disappear. That was one of our big, big requirements. And it contains a whole plethora of technology inside it. And one of the bits that we're really quite pleased with is it has a, a specialized bit of hardware that allows us to collect high quality electrocardiogram data, ECG data, along with uh, breathing rate data as well. And we also, one of the sort of main uniquenesses that we have is that we actually sample uh, these data sets at an incredibly high level, much higher than, than any of the competition and arguably much higher than any of sort of the, the medical uh, devices that are out there. So we have a huge challenge where we need to be able to collect clinical grade data in a very non-clinical environment. And so, you know, we want to be able to make sure that we're able to collect data whenever the user is doing something quite still, but also even in the fastest sprint. And that allows us to determine sort of heart fitness far more accurately than sort of any wrist-based wearable. That's one of the main advantages that we have with our system and being able to collect electrocardiogram data. We're taking a direct measurement of the heart rather than, you know, the sort of inferred measurement that you usually see in wrist-based wearables. So by looking at how uh, quickly your heart rate recovers after strenuous activity, our algorithms can monitor both your current cardiovascular fitness level alongside allowing you to track against sort of existing sort of fitness programs and see how you progress as you sort of improve upon your journey. By having a more precise heart rate algorithm, we're able to monitor heart rate variability to a higher degree of accuracy. And this enables more detailed insight that you would pretty much never really have because, as I say, one of our key factors is the quality of data that's being injected into the Prevail ecosystem. There's absolutely no point in us building something you know, about half-arsed. It's a tiny sensor, right? It looks sexy, super small, super lightweight, but there's a lot of, a lot of clever components. There's a lot, of, that a lot sensor, of tech right? going on there. We talk about a few of the, a few of the, the, the data points and, and measurements we take from that tiny, sleek sensor of yours. We talk about ECG. We talk about that it's more accurate than anything else on the market, a clinical-grade accuracy. Why is that important? Why was that fundamental to where we wanted to start? I mean, in our heads, pretty much no data is better than poor data, right? I mean, Martin, from your perspective, why was that fundamentally where we wanted to start? 
the ECG chips haven't changed much for years. Everybody monitors heart rate generally around 128 times a second, but there's chipsets out there that can do it 512 times a second yeah. and more frequently than that. And we've got the latest chipset. So we're, we're monitoring at four times the rate of somebody like Polar. Way more than that for PPG when you're looking at Whoop or Apple or something like that. So if heart rate is fundamentally important, which we believe it is, we have four times the likelihood of giving you an accurate heart rate than any of our competitors, really. One of our standpoint, starting points is that we want our heart rate to be 100% validated independently. We want people to say it's accurate. It is the foundation for all of the information that we're going to give you. So you need to be able to trust it. So we believed it was really important to give all of our users, everybody out there, the most accurate ECG chip that you could get for any sporting day-to-day activity. Because yeah. it's a big question, right? I mean, does accuracy, does it matter? I mean, for us fundamentally, yes. If you're going to trust a brand and take education from a brand and use it to guide take action and guide you on how to improve your mental and physical fitness. You need to know that fundamentally the data is giving you correct information, right? Absolutely. And I think as well, that's one of the main reasons why we don't mark our own harm work. Anything that we produce here is always externally validated by third parties, by industry leaders. That's something we're quite proud of. You know, we know that whenever it goes through that validation process, it's going to come out quite well because we have spent a tremendous amount of time and effort getting it right. So we've got clinical grade ECG. Temperature, talk a bit on temperature and why. So, our, I mean, our sensor has, it integrates a highly accurate clinical grade temperature sensor. One of the things that we measure is, is skin temperature. Skin temperature is essentially, uh, as the name implies, it's the temperature of the skin surface. It typically varies more than your core body temperature since warming up or cooling down the skin is one of the ways that the human body can regulate itself. And it keeps the core temperature stable by doing that. So our electronics, as I say, has a highly accurate clinical grade temperature sensor inside of it. And that's to essentially understand your baseline skin temperature. One of the many ways this can be used is part of Prevail's body check setup where you can see how your skin temperature last night compares to your personal baseline. You know, skin temperature varies over the course of the night through a number of different factors, such as room temperature, bedding, you know, duck versus down. Circadian rhythm, you know, menstrual cycle, all these things can impact that. We've got one of the latest and greatest chipsets for measuring temperature. In the same way that actually at the time that we designed our initial electronics, a lot of the silica that was designed into it wasn't commercially available yet there's a risk involved with that because sometimes things can get delayed but we felt that if we're going to make the best sensor out there there's no point designing with stuff that's already available we have to be designing with what's coming next because that's the only way that we're able to stay ahead so we have you know as you mentioned we have clinical grade ecg we've got high highly accurate temperature monitoring we also have the ability to measure breathing rate. I'm going to give Martin a chance to say another big, clever word now when we talk about breathing rate. Martin, tell us a bit about how we measure breathing rate and a little bit about why. I'm just going to say impedance pneumography because I feel it makes me sound really clever. <laughs> and then drop the mic, obviously, because Michael. that's what you do at this point. Um, we, we measure breathing rate in a very different way to all of our competitors. So any 
all in any of the apps really these days will give you some form of respiration rate. Even the, the risk-based ones, the ones that use this PPG, which is another big word, photoplethysmography. But the challenge is they base it on your, your ECG, your heart rate, and it's something called respiratory sinus arrhythmia. So many big words, I'm dropping them a lot. But the reality is respiratory sinus arrhythmia isn't a particularly accurate measure of breathing rate for any adult, really. And when you're my age, you may as well write yourself off. Uh, it works really well for kids. It's not so bad for the situation we're in at the moment, which is lounging in a room full of pillows, talking into microphones. But as soon as you're active, it's pretty poor measure of respiration rate. So we didn't want to address respiration rate through respiratory sinus arrhythmia. And we don't use it at all. In fact, we measure the resistance, impedance of an electrical current going through your chest cavity, which sounds a little bit scary, but it's a microscopic, minuscule is probably the best word to say, uh, electrical current. And as you breathe in, the resistance of your chest cavity increases. And as you breathe out, the resistance of your chest cavity decreases. And that's how we measure a breath in and a breath out. So for ECG, we measure the electrical activity of the heart. And for breathing rate, we measure the electrical activity of your chest cavity. And nobody else does that. And really, it's the only way to measure breathing rate. So it's pretty cool to be honest super cool and a, and a bit about why right so it's great that we can measure breathing rate super accurate but what are we using it for it's a super accurate informative way to look at how hard you're training in any given situation we can use it for guided breathing tests we can use it to give information and feedback on how a recovery session has gone for you as well we can look at ventilation thresholds which you might want to expand a little bit on martin first of all why do we do breathing. And I, I get what you said there, Adam. And I guess one of the things that we want to do is we want to measure everything. But with breathing, specifically, we gather it in a way that nobody else does, which I think I wanted to reinforce because it, it is so much more accurate than anybody else's breathing. Right? It'll actually work when you're exercising. And RSA, respiratory sinus arrhythmia, doesn't generally work outside of anything than sleep, really, if it works at all then. But breathing, I guess what it does is it adds to the confidence that we have in the data that we give you. So we calculate your energy expenditure based on a, numerous variables, but with an accurate breathing rate, that adds another check on energy expenditure and makes our energy expenditure calculation even more accurate. One of the things that we've built into our sensor is, is the capability of machine learning. You know, so we have a, a machine learning aspect on board that takes in that data and is able to compute what the user is doing from that raw input. So we're able to know if you're standing, running, jogging, sprinting, rowing, cycling, indoor, outdoor. Um, there's a whole bunch of things that uh, we can interpret from that. And we use that motion data to provide a number of different insights. One such insight may be labeling the user's current activity based on what they're doing, which means that you're able to sort of wear the sensor discreetly without any form of user interaction. And we're able to sort of automatically know, okay, you know, Adam, you've now started to run, you know, let's turn on high quality CG recording without you having to do any sort of form or input onto the sensor. Um, a lot of other wearables will try and determine what activity you're doing based on your heart rate. And it's often, well, categorically always inaccurate. Martin, how does that kind of add value or context to the information we give you? Context is really important for day wear. I guess the best way to do it is talk you through a little example. Go for it. If, uh, if my heart rate increases and my breathing rate increases, 
that could be a good thing. It could be a bad thing. The context is really what counts there. So if I'm sitting at my desk, so this little IMU is telling me, Martin, you're sitting down and your heart rate's increasing, and your breathing rate's increasing, means I'm I'm experiencing an increase in stress, which is probably not a great place to be. So I'd probably want to do something about that. And we'd be in a position to recognize the context of the situation and say, you know, it might be worth probably not having a cup of coffee, but it might be worth just walking away from your computer or, you know, telling your boss to stop shouting at you. Not that you would ever do that, Adam, I hasten to add. Uh, but the other context could be I'm running across the road, right? And that's completely normal. If I run across the road, you'd expect my heart rate to increase. You'd expect my breathing rate to increase. So it allows us to better understand the situation that you are in and provide you with relevant advice. Because if I said slow down and you were sitting at your desk, it makes no difference to you. It makes no sense to you. But if I said you need to slow down a little bit with your running, because I can see you're running and your breathing rate's too fast and your heart rate's too fast, that context of that makes much more sense. So it's these multiple data points really telling the full picture of what's happening in your body. Yeah. Awesome. So we've got an unbelievable unbelievable amount of clever components wrapped up in a tiny sensor that fits into an invisible pocket in your t-shirts or your crop. We've got a funky little tap to connect pair that connects to your app that brings the whole solution to your life. How does this mass amount of information and data then transfer into an app that we're going to be able to use from now on, essentially? I mean, there's a few cool features within the app that I know we're all super proud of that will probably be worth talking about. I think one thing we're all super proud of is the body check system. Mm. Martin, you're pretty much the owner of this system. It'd be great for you to talk about the body check system within the app. Let me take a step back if I could. Um, we, I think it's fair to say, if you look at the stats, we probably collect at least, at least four times more data than any of our competitors. That's not what we want to give to our end consumer. And I think it's fair to say that most of our competitors give all of their data to the consumer in one fell swoop. So it is frankly overwhelming. If you're not a sports scientist, you could feel somewhat alienated from the data. You could feel scared by it. Uh, what we've done is we've only answered four simple questions with the data that we give to you, the user. Am I doing the right thing? Am I where I need to be? Am I going in the right direction? Am I at risk of injury? That's all we want to do. So we have all of this data. We distill it down to something that's easy for you to understand. It's easy for you to act on, and it's easy for you to make changes against. Uh, we don't want to confuse anybody. If you want to drill down into the 512 data points per second, you can. But that's not what we want to achieve. We want to make something accessible and educational to all of our users. So then we jump into body check, right? So that's probably our starting point. That's where am I today? What should I do today? And I guess it could be it's relevant to you really whether you exercise or whether you don't do any exercise. So we do body check in a couple of ways, um, which again, I think isn't unusual compared to the competition, but the way that we link them is very unusual and I think essential something that nobody else does, but I think it's actually essential. Uh, the first thing we do is we look at how well recovered your body is from the body check test. So we're looking at something called heart rate variability, which is the difference in time between the beats of your heart. The more different it is, this is going to sound very eloquent, the more different it is, the better it is. The less different it is, the worse it is. So we look at that, we look at your resting heart rate, but we also look at your standing heart rate. And there's a number of things that we can tell from that. We can tell whether you're well recovered, 
We can tell whether you are under-recovered. Sounds a little bit obvious, doesn't it? We can tell whether you're overtraining. We can tell whether you're showing signs of illness. So we have a pretty good understanding from a very simple test that's done first thing in the morning as to what your physical state is. But I, we didn't think that was enough. So if you exercise yesterday, we also look at that. So if you did a high intensity exercise yesterday, remember, let's go back to that question, am I at risk of injury? If you're a beginner starting out on your journey and you did a high intensity exercise yesterday, you probably shouldn't do a high intensity exercise today. So irrespective of your body check, your body check could say, Adam, you are so well recovered, you should absolutely bust your balls in the gym. But if you are a beginner and you did a high intensity session in the gym the previous day, we will advise you to do a low or a moderate intensity. So we moderate the body check result with what you did yesterday. Now, that sounds really simple. And a lot of apps tell you what the intensity of your workout was and they tell you what your recovery is, but they don't link the two. And then they don't go the next step, which is we think even more fundamental to all of to really maintain the motivation and the confidence levels of our, of our users and also keeping them injury free. And so they really enjoy their journey. And we take that into the exercise. So if we've told you to do a recovery day today and you are busting yourself in the gym and your heart rate's really high, we will actually tell you to slow down because these are the next four questions that we answer or four prompts that we give you. So we've answered those four basic questions, just, just a reminder. Am I doing the right thing? Am I where I need to be? Am I going in the right direction? And am I at risk of injury? We take all of that insight into the session and we do something really simple. Slow down, reduce intensity, maintain intensity, or speed up, increase intensity, finally, or stop. That's all we tell you. Because when you're exercising, you haven't got time to digest millions of data points. You haven't got time, you haven't got the capability when you're tired to understand what you're being told from this all of these data points so we keep it really simple slow down maintain speed up stop which when you're in a super intense situation is all you need to see it's all it? you need to know it's like having a coach on your shoulder amazing so we take a hell of a lot of information about about your body about what's happening in your body advise you on how to approach your day and your training take that information into your training and guide you through your session relevant to the goals that you've set yeah and then obviously one of the big visions and ideas that we all wanted to create from the offset as well it was how do we display this information in a way that is immersive is interactive through the app so when you when we're in workouts and you're in a workout session through the app there's obviously a, a wealth of live workout information one of which is your target score which is telling you how intense you can train in that but beyond that i suppose what else in the app can you see live when you're working out there is a lot you can see in the app. I'm sort of going back to the fact that when you're exercising, you're probably not going to be looking at the app too much. But if you do, if you're running on a treadmill, you've got the app in front of you, you've got all of your training zones, you've got your your actual real-time heart rate, you've got your training zones, you've got the amount of calories you're burning. If your weight loss is your chosen focus for that session, you've got your physical strain. So we can tell you whether you're on exercise is high intensity, moderate or low intensity. And I guess that's a useful prompt because you've got a, an idea if you're supposed to be doing a low intensity, it says high intensity, you should slow down, but you'll get a prompt from us. We look at your core temperature. Now, this is an interesting one. We modulate our own core temperature quite naturally. And it's highly unlikely that when we exercise, we're going to cause ourselves any harm. But if you're exercising in a really hot room on a hot day, then we need to remind you that your core temperature is reaching a point where you need to stop down and at least need to slow down. You need to have a drink 
you're at risk of heat stress. So it sounds quite innocuous. 99.99% of the time, it's going to tell you something that's quite innocuous, but we do have your back. So that time when it's really important that you do listen to us and you stop, we can tell you that. You've got your distance, you've got your pace if you're, if you're running, you've got your speed if you're cycling. So I suppose, yeah, to summarise, it was instead of using multiple different apps for multiple different metrics, what we've really tried to do within the Prevail app is it's not let not let silos of data be lost across different apps and different platforms. You wanted a wealth of information on one platform that you could use in almost any occasion throughout your health, fitness and performance. Yeah. In regards to like kind of this day and age, consumers, people want information. We want to be able to measure progression through the app. We want to be able to show progression, performance progression, mental health progression through the app. So one of the core cool things we've tried to build in-house was on-demand testing within the app. Do you want to talk to us about a couple of the tests that we built into the apps that will show you how you're improving your fitness, potentially show you how you're improving your mental state? Yeah, I think this is super exciting, actually, because people want information now. They want to know exactly where they are now. And I think a lot of the apps out there at the moment give you limited access to that on-demand testing. So we give you an on-demand recovery test with body check. We have stress tests, so you can check what your stress levels are at any time. Heart rate recovery, how just a, a basic health check is my heart rate dropping quickly after intense exercise? What's my maximum heart rate? Guided breathing. So we take you through a guided breathing test. Again, you could say, well, that's a bit me too, because Calm do that and lots of other apps do that. Well, what we do is we measure the performance of that guided breathing. So we can tell you whether it's had an effective impact on your on your body on your well-being reducing your resting heart rate increasing your heart rate variability it's really important that you not only understand that doing the test itself was probably a good thing to do but we try to empower you so you understand why it's a, a good thing to do and we will continue to add these tests so that you can pretty much find out anything you want to know anytime any place anywhere we think you've just got a right to know these things whenever you need to know them and I think one thing we should probably touch on as well, again, for the guys and girls we've got in-house that we're all super passionate about, it, but is everything's based around personalization and knowing the body inside out and every, all the information being tailored, all the education being tailored to the individual that's using it. And with that, there's a, been a huge, I suppose a huge lack of development in data wearable space in regards to female-specific insights and I suppose how accurate insights are with female-specific athletes. And I think we've been working long and hard to try and really improve that and lead the way in that. And it'd be great to give a little bit of context on how we're using that within the app. Yeah, the I guess one of the issues that you've got when you look at in, look at Insight, there's a lot of research out there. There's a lot of sports scientists out there. And these, there's some amazing research out there, in fact. But it's 95% based on male participants. And the last time I looked, I think over 50% of the world's population is female. So what we're doing is we are forcing females down a route to act on research that is based on men. So we're treating them as being exactly the same as men, and they're actually not. Sounds pretty dumb, actually, when you say that out loud, doesn't it? But I mean, they're really not. So I guess there's a couple of things that we've done to reinforce that. One is we have Claire, who's our female health insight ambassador. She looks after all of that. So we actually have a female looking at female health. Most of the researchers out there seem to be men that are out there looking at female health, which isn't really that clever. And we've also recognized that female cardiac output 
is different. Females have a smaller heart than men. Their cardiac output is different. Our maximum heart rate calculation is based on a research study that was done on females. So we don't use the maximum heart rate for men formula. We use our own formula for that. And also we're starting to recognize the need to link to menstrual cycle tracking apps. During a menstrual cycle, in the first two weeks of the month, a woman, a female's heart rate is its lowest resting heart rate, highest heart rate variability. That's a big tick. That's good. Lowest breathing rate, lowest core temperature, all fantastic. Leaves you well primed to achieve some amazing goals in the gym. And in the second half, heart rate variability reduces, resting heart rate increases, core temperature increases, breathing rate increases. And it just makes it fractionally harder to achieve the best that you can. You can still go out there and bust your guts and do some amazing things, but you need to, we recognize the fact that that means you might not feel your best and you might not perform as well as you wanted to. And really the purpose of our insight is to let you know that that's completely normal. You shouldn't feel bad about this. We track your cycle. We can let you know when the times are for you to achieve your PBs. And we can let you know when the times are for you to try to do that, but you're not probably not going to feel your best and you shouldn't beat yourself up for it. Cool, guys. I suppose innovation really is a key pillar of Prevail. It's what we're all, we've been an innovation, an R&D company for the past two years, essentially. There's something we're never going to slow down on. Be cool to have a little look about what's coming up next in terms of clothing, range, sensor capabilities. MJ, start that with you. What are you excited about next? I think the main thing for me that uh, I suppose not only am I excited about, but the whole team is quite excited, is not only supporting our initial product, you know, one of the things that we find quite frustrating with, with a lot of the competitors is once the product leaves the factory, it's sort of in that sense of status. And one of the things that makes you know, our tech a, a lot more user-friendly and user-accessible is that we're constantly updating it. Through over-the-air updates, we're able to build upon those algorithms I spoke about earlier that are much more user-centric. So not only are we aiming to be world beating in terms of data accuracy and data collection but we also want to get to that sort of pinnacle where the data coming off the sensor is not only tailored exclusively to you but it means that any sort of insight that's driven off that is is then even more tailored in terms of our next generation sensor pretty much all of this sort of silica that i'd mentioned earlier is going to get an absolute upheaval you know again we're working with you know our suppliers and our designers with the next generation of tech. We're going to have a more advanced set of hardware giving rise to the possibility of all day, always on wearability. And obviously all that capability feeds into the new range, the new styles of clothing. Absolutely. Like it. Guys, thanks for this morning. Been a pleasure. Now back to work. Yep, stop sweating (laughs) now and get back to work. Thanks for listening to this episode of Better Begins Here. There are new episodes out every Wednesday. To make sure you hear the next episode as soon as it's out, follow this podcast on your podcast player. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, do leave us a review and it means more people will find us. You can stay up to date with everything that's going on with Prevail and I'd love you to come and join our community to become the best version of yourself. Just follow at Prevail on social media. That's P-R-E-V-A-Y-L. Thanks and see you next time.